You know, I didn't know for years <laughs> when you would make that joke uh, that it was from this movie. Roll, roll, roll in the hay. So, now I know. Um, I have 33 notes. Uh-oh. So we'll stop at 15, apparently. <laughs> Probably. Welcome to City Wave Cinema. I'm America. Where we're on a Mel Brooks tear. That's James. Um, at the end of the show, probably the end of next episode, we're going to need to rank the Mel Brooks movies we have seen up to this point. And, and it, it's going to be very difficult. Because we have very different tier lists. We do have very different tier lists. So this is gonna, it's gonna be tricky, but I think we can do it. And it might be funny along the way. Um, so this is, we, we watched Young Frankenstein a few hours ago. Um, it's been years since I watched an all black and white movie. It's for the aesthetic. It's not like it was made, because I think this one was made after Blazing Saddles. If I'm remembering correctly yeah, in the Gene order. because Gene Wilder had the idea for this movie during Blazing Saddles. Mm -hmm. um, but they, they wanted to... Mel Brooks wouldn't do the movie if the studio tried to trick him into filming with color film. So they filmed it all in black and white film. Mm-hmm. Um... And I like it for a couple of reasons. One of them I'll talk about later because it's the it's the best reason. Okay. Uh, so Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder parody Frankenstein, and Gene Wilder gets writer's credit. Uh, Good for him. Because I guess he came up with the idea. They did it after Blazing Saddles. Mm -hmm. Um. And honestly, they just, Mel Brooks, just like every proper director, just collects individuals to be in his movies. Yep. Uh, Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, uh, you know, a bunch of other folks that just cycle in and out. Names two people, listen, then the other ones. Listen, I only had room in my brain for two names, okay? <laughs> and guess who else is in his movies? Mel Brooks is in those movies, okay? Well, yeah. But he was not in this one. I want to know who started that nonsense. What nonsense? Uh, we've talked about it a couple times, I think, all with the Mel Brooks movies, but the the idea of, like, the director starring in their own... I guess not starring, but, like, appearing in their own film as, like, a cameo. Like, I want to know who started that shit. I want to know... I don't know. It might have been Mel Brooks. I'm going to find out. You, you talk about the movie. I'm going to find out. All right. I'll be back. So we start with the... Uh... Gene Wilder being a, uh, a professor, a doctor, actually, um, teaching at a university, doing a lecture, um, and this little punk-ass med student is bothering him about his great-grandfather, who was the OG Fr Dr. Frankenstein, who made the monster in Transylvania and all that shit. Um, and it, it's just sort of showcasing the acting chops of Gene Wilder, uh, who is magnificent, as always. 
not too much to go off of here other than a lot of setup uh, and the student being just a really annoying piece of shit. Uh, we then, at the end of the class, there's a guy in there who has the will um, from his grand, no, not his grandfather, his great-grandfather. Uh, and we kind of yada yada the part to get to where he goes to Transylvania. Yeah. We, we very much just like, we're has on the a will, train. And then he's on a train. <laughs> and he, we're, we go from New York to Transylvania, and we will not take questions at this time how we traveled by train from New York to Transylvania, which is in a different continent. Yes. Never mind that. It's not important. Not doesn't matter. Um, the walk this way get, gag when he gets there <laughs> and fucking calling Igor Igor because of the incessant mispronunciation of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Are you Froderick? No. No, I'm Frederick. Well, I'm Igor. They told me it was Igor. Well, Igor. <laughs> Just insanely quotable. Not ha-ha funny, but insanely quotable. I think it's ha-ha funny. I think it can be ha-ha funny, ex but it's extremely dependent. And this is kind of the, the trend with all Mel Brooks movies. He writes phenomenal jokes that are exclusively funny based on the context. Like, in the movie, the Igor bit is funny because it's a... It, they're just playing around with the mispronunciation of names. But if you just say that shit in the middle of the day to your friends, like it's an inside joke that you all know about, it's gonna be fucking funnier. Like, the joke gets better when you take it out of the movie and use it out in the wild. Like, the other example of that is from Blazing Saddles, when the it's the... Uh, when he pulls the sheriff out from behind the rock and he goes, where are all the white women at? That shit <laughs> is so fucking funny in every other context. It's hilarious in the context of the movie, too, for sure. But Mel Brooks just has this penchant to write jokes that are totally fine on their own. And then they're even funnier when you rip them out of the context that they were written in and just insert them randomly into life. Yeah. He's very good at that. It It's... It's something that he's kind of a master of, and you're right, because, like, the amount of times that Roland Zihay gets quoted... Roland Zihay is so funny to you, and it didn't crack a smile on my face during the movie. But it's funny to me when you say it. It's it's also funny, like... So, I watched this in high school. I You shouldn't have. <laughs> we read Frankenstein in high school, and then we watched the mo movie Young Frankenstein. Um, And my crush slash boyfriend on again off again boyfriend at the time like we would quote that movie to each other all the time actually everyone in that class would we would just be walking in the hallway and be like brew her like 
it was just something it's that happened. Blue-ker. I brew her, brew her, bluker, <laughs> bluker. They're also uh, his go-to is call and response jokes, where one person does the setup and another person does the punchline, mm-hmm. like that with the blue cur and the horse winning. Mm-hmm. After I picked up that joke, after the second time that it happened in the in the uh, movie. What I love about the jokes in this movie too is they the the joke hits. And then Igor, technically, Igor makes it funnier because he'll come swing back around at the joke. And, like, that's an inside joke between, like, him and the audience. And that's something that I really enjoy about this movie is that kind of, like, it's it's Mel Brooks's joke. And then Igor just repeats Mel Gibson, or Mel Gibson, Mel Brooks's joke. And it just makes it even funnier. Like, when he swings back out of the house and goes and makes the horses, I'm like, I can't say the name. Blue her? Bro, Bluker. Bluker. They said it seven times. Bluker. Bluker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the Walk This Way gag, which is a mainstay in all the Mel Brooks movies. Uh, hilarious. So good. But also, just like, it's the kind of joke that you want there to be more of, but if there was more of it, in the movie, it would be wasted. Yeah, and it then wouldn't it, be funny. Then it turns it has into... to be a 30-second gag, and that's it. If you, if you overplay the joke, you just turn into Seth MacFarlane. Yup. And Mel Brooks is better. Yep, which um, is why Blazing Saddles is better than Million Ways to Die in the West. I'm not going to deny you that. It is better than Million Ways to Die in the West, but Million Ways to Die in the West is funny. We already did that episode. We're not doing it again. Continue. This movie is rated PG. Uh-huh. The MPAA hasn't known what the fuck they're doing since the beginning of the dawn of time. We talk about this frequently on this channel. It is so regular to bitch about the MPAA whenever we watch a movie that was made pre-1990. Okay? In the 80s, in the 70s, and in the 60s, we just said shit on film. And we put it out there in the world. And it was almost always so much worse than what you can get away with today. You cannot do the stuff that happens in this movie today and get away with a PG rating. This movie is PG-13 minimum right now. R easily. Just based on the sex gags alone. So many. There's so many. Such a horny movie. (laughs) And they really, they really disguise the fact that it's a horny movie until the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then they forget that they were making a serious movie and everybody just starts fucking. Mm. <laughs> it's just, a, it, it just, I'm going to fucking do that to you now. Just, you're just no. going to start flirting with me at random like you do sometimes and I'm just going to go. Mm. You get a fourth wall break to the camera. <laughs> to the invisible camera in the middle of the hallway. Yes, absolutely. The MPAA is <laughs> fucking stupid. The world was better back then, chat the, says. Listen, the MPAA is occupied by the same people who do uh, Mothers Against Drug Driving and all the fucking anti-drug shit. And they all, it's just a bunch of, oh, I'm going to get nasty. It's just a bunch of Bible thumpers who haven't read the book yet. And they just, they're just mad at anything. 
you know, people who have who don't work full time jobs and have all this time on their hands to just who is bitch. in the MPAA? Mothers. Uh, I'm getting angsty about it. Who's in the MPAA? Um, Can I, be I took in the MPAA? a I took a college course, and what I learned about the MPAA was it was a bunch of moms that got together and decided that they could dictate when and what people watched and what age they were. And so that's that's what I learned in college. And it's not that different now. It doesn't feel that different now. No, it's 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 a bunch of people who have time on their hands and probably come from old money at some point and can just sit there and go arbitrarily decide what the rules are for content from for the screen. Because there's a different, there's a different one for TV, and there's a different one. the The issue that came about recently when Matt Pat was doing all his um, campaigning for it was the same issue with the internet: is that they can't control the content mm-hmm. on the internet. And how do you do that? How can we make it a safe place for children to be and watching like? ingest the content it's and there's not a way to do that on the internet they're trying they've put up like no ads on kids things like age blockers i'm I'm very sorry i have made a horrible mistake the mpaa or the mpa as it is now uh does not determine the ratings of films the classification and ratings administration does didn't the MPAA used to? I believe so, but the MPAA established the film rating system in 1968, uh, which was intended to provide parents with the information needed to determine if a film was appropriate for their children. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Um, they should have, like, thought about what they were saying is good and not good. Um, but the ratings... As stated on the Motion Picture Association's website, uh, ratings are determined by the Classification and Ratings Administration via a board comprised of an independent group of parents. Yeah. So uh, so it I'm, still stands. Yes. I'm going to say this. As soon as we are parents, I'm going to campaign so hard to get on that board. Good luck with that. I'm going to campaign so hard to get on that board. And they're going to look at this podcast and go, um, no. (laughs) Not allowed. (laughs) You're a fucking Wild West cowboy. You can't fucking be on this board. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. What I was saying was still stands, though, that there's a group of parents that would like to determine what people consume. And it's the same group of parents that like to go around and say ban books from libraries and they there's this incessant need for these elitist parents to control what other people's children consume oh yeah through media books tv radio and it's a different it's a different uh group for each media like tv has its own film has its own but it's the same type of people the funny thing is, back when they made this movie, it was the type of parents who were like, sure, Jimmy, you're 16, you can have cigarettes. 
Uh, and now it's the type of parents who are like, if you look at my child, they'll get cancer and die. So, like, we've swung, you see, we've swung too hard in the other direction. It is as though it was a pendulum. And we have swung into the uh, bubble wrap everything forever variety of ratings when we did start in the all children should have cigarettes and fuck type of ratings. And we really need to come back to around the late 90s, early 2000s, where everything was pretty accurately rated. But I digress. Um, the knockers. So, <laughs> so This political statement uh, has been brought to you by James, political. and now we're talking about knockers. A door knockers, specifically. Uh, maybe other ones as well. Big but knockers. Listen, the, the funniest fucking thing about this gag is they go up to the door of the manor and the door knockers, very clearly, they're giant. It's like a hula hoop, okay? Knocks on the door with the door knockers and I go, wow, those door knockers are huge. I say <laughs> it out loud and she just starts cackling. <laughs> right? And I've never seen the movie, so I don't know what's going on. And she's just rolling on the couch, dying of laughter. Because not 10 seconds later, does Gene Wilder make the joke about how big the knockers are <laughs> as he is eyes to tits with the actress who is there? Inga. In Inga? Inga. Yeah. Just, I, it's one of those moments, we have them a lot, where we either accidentally or on purpose make a joke about something and that joke is the next thing to happen in the scene. And we just sit there and go, man, I could write movies. Like, it's very, it's so good when that happens. You just feel so smart. Um, it, this, okay, something happens in the movie once or twice uh, in which the orchestra hit. Like, there's a big beat with the orchestra where the horns and strings all come in at once, all real loud and in a flurry, but nothing is happening on screen. And it literally only happens like twice in the first 15 minutes of the movie. And then it never happens again. It's, it's Mel Brooks. And I think it's really fucking funny. Yeah, it's it's that whole Mel Brooks subverting expectations or using the, using the set expectations and rules that these tropes of movies follow to just make complete nonsense out of it. He's like, he just utilizes the tools to mean nothing. Which is hilarious. It is tremendous. I also liked that for the whole segment after uh, Frankenstein has his nightmare in bed, uh, having come to the manor and all that, and he and Inga are like exploring through the manor and they're carrying candles around. The candles aren't lit. No, no, the ones that they use. Oh, I'm are sorry. Lit. I'm sorry. It the was. One... Uh, Frau Blucher, mm -hmm. she had a candelabra, and they, they... She was like, stay close to the... Yeah, stay close to the candles, because the staircase is treacherous, and the candles are not lit. Which does make it even funnier um, later on to... Uh, it makes it funnier later on because the candles that uh, uh, Frankenstein and Frankenstein... Frankenstein and Inga use are lit. So, 
I don't even fucking remember what the fuck goes on. Ugh. For the next X amount of minutes. It just there's Well then he goes around. well they go into the They do the whole castle thing and then he has his nightmare. And then uh Inga wakes him up from his nightmare. And then that's when they go exploring and find the secret laboratory. You know what it is? The movie is humorous much more than it is funny, I think. I think the jokes, just like I was talking about earlier, the jokes when pulled out of context are super funny. But the movie itself is just humorous. It's like the whole bit with the rotating bookshelf, none of it's haha funny. All of it's humorous. It's what it, it is that thing that Mel Brooks does that modern, uh, the modern comedian filmmakers do not do nearly well enough. And that is to have every single thing in your scene be humorous. Because, yeah, maybe not every joke is going to hit like a freight train. But if everything is funny, if everything garners a little smile, then no one can say bad stuff about your movie, you know? True. And I mean, all Mel Brooks's movies until History of the World are pretty highly rated. Um, History of the World's not even that bad. It's just not as good. You can't hit all home runs. That's okay. I don't have fucking shit until Igor drops the brain and he's spooked by his self. Well, we have the whole, so they discover the laboratory and then they discover the secret library with the book that says, this is how I did it. This is how I did it. Um, Humorous, not funny. Humorous. And it's important. This is kind of where we find out that it's like, well, it's not where we find out, but it's kind of where we really make the point that this is a direct sequel to the original movie Frankenstein because it's his grandfather's laboratory and his great-great-grandfather's house. And so it's kind of this whole thing of um, he finds the book, he figures out how it could work, and then they go about getting the body and digging up oh, the yeah, grave. They dig up the body, um, and they find Peter Boyle, who also a hanging corpse is in this movie, by the way. No trigger warning on that. Not even a little. PG. Um, and then... It won't scar your kids. I, there is a gag, one of my favorite gags in the movie, when they're at the graveyard and he says, get down, you idiot, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to stand up, like, even he taller. He up really tall. And it's just, there's lots of good physical gags, plus you have the whole bit with the cop in the street and the hand, um, where they're... They've dropped the corpse and the hand is sticking out, so they use the hand. There is a lot of that in this movie, especially because the inspector has that, like, wooden arm mm-hmm. that he just, like, bats around all the time. Yeah, because he can't actually move the muscles in it, so he just uses his other hand to move. Smack the shit out of it. What's And what's what's a great gag about that, um, jumping a little bit ahead to talk about the inspector, is... The physical comedy of that he could just use his other hand to do most of the things. And instead he insists on using his other hand to use his 
prosthetic well, hand. I thought you were going to talk about the fact that he wears a monocle over an eye patch. I mean, he's just... Because that's hilarious. He's just a lot of things that are really there's a lot, funny. There's a lot going on with the inspector. Um, It's like five layers deep of jokes. But I I was jumping ahead. So we we get the body, we get the graveyard, and then, yeah, and then he sends Igor to get the very specific brain. In which he drops the brain of whatever the fuck that guy's name is. It's a doctor. Yeah, some doctor. Who cares? It doesn't matter. And he grabs the abnormal brain. Abby normal. No. Abby normal. No, Abby normal. I'll, I'll kill you to death. <laughs> he grabs Abby normal's brain. No. Swear on me, mom. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I it's just, fu- it's funny that Igor is so spooked by his own shadow. To me, okay, Marty Feldman in this movie, mm-hmm. masterclass of comedy, especially physical comedy, but he, like, Igor doesn't have a- Igor. Con- whatever. Doesn't have a consistent character trait for the whole movie. He is a constant, evolving character mm-hmm. which is so funny because he doesn't ever double back to something like every time he's on screen he's doing another new thing the only thing that's consistent with him is the way that his black cloak in the black and white movie makes it look most of the time like he's just a hovering face sitting around <laughs> in different places I... that is it's my favorite part about igor is that throughout the movie if he is against a shadowed wall Igor is just ahead. I really, one of my favorite bits with Igor is, I think it's coming up too, is when he's like, wasn't your, wasn't that on the other side? Your hump? What hump? Oh yeah, he doesn't acknowledge the hump. It's hollow and it changes sides. And he makes a joke about his hump later, even though he like denied its existence two scenes previously. I read a funny thing in the trivia, because of course I did. Uh, that Marty Feldman kept moving the hump back and forth from shoulder to shoulder just to fuck with everyone. And then after the cast caught on, they wrote a couple jokes into the movie about it. That's great. So that's just phenomenal. Um. So yeah, we get the brain. And then we do the procedure, right? We do the procedure, but... the. The next note I have is that Donald Trump denounced science. Which is not Well, they're in the they're in the they do the town hall meeting. Yeah. Where they all the villagers are like, not a Frankenstein, no Frankenstein, and the oh, guy Which guy is it? The guy one of the villagers stands up and he's like, they'll teach them science. These scientists can't be trusted. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> I, I laugh at that so hard because I and I will get just a smidge political, just a smidge. I know adults in this world who voted for Donald Trump with their whole chest. And I know adults in this world who think there are real doctors. Who are out here just like in deep conspiracy to cause harm to individuals. And they sound like that motherfucker. These scientists will teach them science. That's what you sound like. That's what you all sound like. You all sound like a mockery of a person. 
You don't even you don't even have a real opinion. You have a parody of an opinion. That is a joke. But only a little political. Dense motherfuckers. Anyways, I'm I'm halfway through my notes because the, there's more notes about the rest of the movie, and then uh, it's just horny. <laughs> The third act is just horny. It's like they forgot to write a third act, and they were like, well, what if everybody just started? Fuck it. So your your notes stop um, right at the procedure? Or your note, you're like halfway through your notes right at the procedure? Uh, Inspector Camp is a silly goose. Okay, so yes. This whole movie is just nonsense front to back, but it's funny and campy. Uh, I love how dark the cloak on Igor is because it just makes him a head in the black and white. Uh... And then my 19th note is about the sedative charades. Yeah, we should stop before we the We should sedative stop before the sedative charades. Um, yeah. Because okay. then, it's, then it's just a bunch of fucking great jokes. Okay. Like, the movie... Okay, the movie really does, like, climb super appropriately. Like, you start totally sensible, and throughout the movie... You watch Gene Wilder descend into madness. Your perception of reality warps entirely as you go to Transylvania, where everyone speaks in an English accent. Even though it's supposed to be, like, neck deep in A lot of them speak with German accents. No, not a lot of them. Like, four people do. And it's named characters. Inspector Camp speaks with a fucking English accent. No. He speaks with a German accent. Oh, okay. So in that case, it's the other police officer that they meet when the hand comes out. Yes, that he's guy, very same British. force. He's British. He's very British. He's not even a little bit British. He's, he's very extremely British. British. So it, the you start out nice and calm with Doctor Frankenstein, ha 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 ha, and then he goes to Transylvania, and things start getting weird about the plot. Everything, like the surroundings, the environment, it's all getting a little strange. Things don't make sense. And then the doctor descends into madness. And he becomes that which he said he would never become. In that he becomes his grandfather. And it takes no effort. He just slips into it like a, like a comfy, cozy hoodie out of the dryer. It is so easy. That he just tips over so fast. And then, right when you hit the penultimate point of the plot, we take a sharp left turn off a cliff face directly into Horny Valley. Uh, where <laughs> Sounds like a great place. Where the car we were in that was climbing the plot hill uh, of madness and polarity explodes. But we all survive miraculously because this is Hollywood, baby. I think my favorite part about this movie is the fact that it follows more closely the actual book of Frankenstein, which is actually Frankenstein's Monster is the actual title. It more closely resembles the book than the original Frankenstein movie that this movie is parodying does. I read Frankenstein's Monster when I was like a freshman in high school. Required reading for most English courses. And I don't remember shit about it at all it is maybe one of the most unmemorable 
pieces of literature I've ever read. But also, I had to read it when I was a freshman, and my brain was maybe 10 years old. Okay? So... I remember... There was no shot I was going to remember that shit. I remember quite a bit about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, I also had to write a literary analysis paper on it, because that's what you did when you read shit in high school. Um, which is a whole bucket of worms I'm not going to open on this podcast. But... Um, <laughs> I remember quite a bit about it, and the number one thing that I remembered from it, and I don't know why it stands out in my mind, is the whole sequence with the blind man in the house. Because in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that's a whole that's a whole scene that happens in oh, the really? book. Mm-hmm. See, I don't fucking remember shit. It doesn't happen like it happens in this movie, well, but yeah. there is a blind man that the monster, monster runs in. Yeah, gets uh, ends up seeing. I believe, unless I'm completely. What if that's totally not what happened? Then I have completely merged the two in my head. You crossed your wires. But now I'm going to have to go Google, and I will come back next episode and tell you if that's an actual thing that happens in the book. I think we have a copy of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in this house. I'm not going to scroll through it. I'll just Google it. All right. It'll take forever if I try to find it in the book. That book's a time. We'll be back, and I will tell you whether or not I have completely messed up my memory or we got to do some research guys. This is an accurate thing. We'll be right back. 